turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Great to be together and glad you're here. And uh, a lot happening. Man, a lot happening. I just saw some images earlier tonight of uh, Joe Biden visiting Kenosha, Wisconsin. I got to say, I guess he is, I guess it's a political statement. He wears the mask everywhere. And even when he's like speaking, he's got the microphone in front of the mask. I, I kind of think that the, the president of the United States or the candidate for president, I think they shouldn't have to wear that. Put the mask down at least and talk to us. Anyway, it is, it's a political statement. It's kind of virtue signaling. It's kind of infuriating. Of course, the president, President Trump, they test him every day. I think almost every day they're testing him and everyone around him. So it's not like he's going to pass it to anyone. So it's not quite uh, his. He's not the threat to people. I guess that's part of it. And Biden is not being tested uh, and maybe not. Maybe there's more worry. Who knows? But anyway, I watch that. We'll see again. Uh, he's uh, as I said yesterday, the Biden campaign is reacting they're re- reactive. You lose when you're reacting, you're losing in politics and campaigns. So they're reacting to Trump and they're chasing him to Kenosha two days later and trying to look like they're thoughtful. Uh, it doesn't seem to work to me, but uh, we'll see. All right. Let's uh, let's talk about a couple of things. What you need to know, of course, go over to ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com and uh, uh, and get signed up there to get the daily email, the daily wink. I hope you will. And um, it is very important uh, that you also tell your friends and spread the word and follow me on Twitter at Eagle Ed Martin. Follow on Twitter at Eagle Ed Martin. Um, You know, this is, and I know people say this all the time, but this time it's true. Uh, This is the most important election we've ever had in this country. I would say actually ever. And the reason why is because if the people who attempted the coup of this country get back into power, um, they will destroy the country. Right now, they're using the weaponized media and these race images, these racial images, which are not accurate, they're lies, to try to get people agitated in this country. They think it will work. They're using the COVID crisis to try to destroy the economy and destroy our schools. And they think that people will be so discombobulated that they'll vote for the Democrat Party and Joe Biden. I don't think it will work. But I do think that we need to now acknowledge they're threatening to steal the election. They're targeting uh, people who are against them. The Trump supporters getting killed, getting attacked. It's gone past the point of sort of um, a, a, a spirited debate about the direction of the country. It's become that important. They're threatening to steal the election with the mail-in ballots, you know, the operation, whatever they called it, some sort of silly name about how, you know, don't worry if we're losing on Election Day, we'll find more ballots afterwards. They're causing people to be agitated, concerned, scared. You know, it's just terrible stuff. And here's the biggest reason you have to understand they're desperate, but their desperation is directional. And what do I mean by that? Andrew Weissman is the name of the lawyer who was at the center of the Mueller uh, effort. He was kind of the lead guy, that Mueller's right hand, Andrew Weissman, big lawyer. A a, a decade ago, um, a little bit less than that, Sidney Powell wrote a book, it's on my desk here, called License to Lie. And she wrote about how Andrew Weissman, among others, used the power of government against we the people, and it was abusive. And she exposed him. It's a great book, License to Lie, really good. 
And all these years later, Andrew Weissman yesterday tweeted, and he tweeted, he was at the center of all the, the, the uh, targeting of Flynn, the whole Russia hoax. He was in on that coup, and he now is out in private practice, and he tweeted something like, uh, the, the pre- uh, Judge Sullivan in the, in the Flynn case should, release, should um, dismiss the charges against Flynn without prejudice. Now, unless you're a lawyer, you don't know what that means. If you're a lawyer, like I am, I can tell you what it means. If you get a charge dismissed with prejudice, it means you can never bring it back. So let's say a prosecutor comes in and says, um, I'm going to tra- charge you with um, uh, uh, money laundering. And at the end of uh, certain po- parts of the thing, you say, well, I don't have a case to prove. And the judge dismisses it with prejudice. It means that you can never bring it back. Prosecutor, you failed in your effort, but you can't come back and do it again. That would be unfair. Kind of like a half a double jeopardy thing where you're not allowed to come back. If it's dismissed without prejudice, it kind of says, well, you didn't even get to the merits of the case. You can come back if you could prove it. Andrew Weissman signaled by tweet that the judge should dismiss it without prejudice because he means once Biden and the henchmen take over, they'll go back after everybody. In other words, they will weaponize like we Eric Holder was really rotten. His conduct was terribly rotten. But I don't think we've seen anything like what will happen when the likes of Andrew Weissman get back into power. When we've had this clear, you know, uh, demarcation of there was a coup against America. They were beaten on the coup. They didn't get it. And yet they're still waiting here. And why do they want to take over? Well, they want to take over because they want to keep destroying the country. But they also want to cover their tracks. They want to make sure that nobody goes further. And then they want to go get their enemies, the people they think of as their enemies. This is serious business. This is serious stuff that's happening. This is what's happening in the country. This is what's at stake. What you need to know is what's at stake now in this election. And frankly, it cannot be that the election is decided by 12,000 votes in Pennsylvania because we'll never survive that kind of scrutiny. What we need to have happen is we need to have a, a, a big enough victory by we the people that this thing is over and clear. And everybody says, oh, well, we're not going to fight about that. And then we get on it. Then we get on with it. And we get the people that were doing the coup. We get the things that are happening. But we get move on with it. And it, the fact is, the facts are that we can't afford to, to risk it. That's the reality. That's what you need to know. All right, a couple more things because I, I and I'll put that up on social media. But a couple more things that I just want to—I I have heard from you all uh, through Twitter at Eagle Ed Martin and direct email Ed at EdMartinLive.com, and people tell me you know cover more ground on the Wink, the Daily Wink right now. What you need to know, and so I cover a few more things as I told you. What you need to know: the the, the Trump administration's got a problem with testing. I don't know why. There is now a $5 test, saliva-based test, that appears to work for the, the, the China virus, and it's not being administered. It's not being let out on the streets because short of a vaccine and, and short of, uh, of, a, uh, of herd immunity, having low-cost test is the way to get everybody to, to, to stop the spreading because you, 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 you test all the time, and, and then you find when you have it, people get better. Right. So you, you, that's one way to catch this and not let it spread. And so I don't know why that's happening, but I've, I've heard other people demanding and asking the president should get this, get whatever's FDA regulatory, break through that, break through that and break through quickly. All right. One more point. We're going to talk. I think we've got... Um, We've got a chance uh, tomorrow. I'm going to talk with Mark Mix, who's the head of National Right to Work Committee, about the influence of the union bosses on the election. What you need to know is, remember this phrase, Eric Hoffer, famous Eric Hoffer, a writer. He's long deceased, died in the early 80s, but wrote his famous book in 1952 called True Believers. And the book, that one of the phrases that came out of that period, I don't think it was in that book, it was another book. And he said this, every great cause begins as a movement, 
becomes a business and eventually degenerates into a racket. Well, the teachers' unions have become a racket. They're allied with Black Lives Matter. They're allied with the uh, far left. But they're also allied with the Democrat Party hand in glove. It's not like they're, oh, we're going to look for the teachers union, the best teachers union deal. No, no. They're the teachers, the best for the teachers. No, no, no. They're not looking for the best for teachers. They're looking the best for the Democrat Party to control the school districts, to control what's going on politically. Joe Biden has said his wife is a teacher, a school teachers union member. They'll be whatever they want. They'll do get rid of charter schools, get rid of uh, school choice, all that stuff. But here's the thing that you need to know. What you need to know on this is that the school teachers unions are going to be exposed just like the mayors of these cities are exposed because no American looks up and says, ah, let me see here. The Los Angeles school board and the teachers union in cahoots, all Democrats. Oh, I blame that on Trump. That's how it works. Just like when they try to say it's MAGA people that are causing violence. Then you look at the people and you look at the cities. It's all Democrats, all Democrat controlled, all in cahoots together and destroying the country. So what you need to know is this union thing, teachers union thing is coming back again. It's it's whipping back on these teachers unions and they don't even see it coming. I got to tell you, it's extraordinary to watch. It's going to be a big deal. And that's what you need to know. Okay. Let me remind you, I need you to help me out here. I need you to go to the, uh, uh, excuse me, go to Twitter and get your uh, other people to follow me on Twitter, at Eagle Ed Martin. It helps me a lot as we grow the audience on Twitter and also go to ProAmericaReport.com. I'll let you in on a secret. You can actually go and sign your friend up to get the Pro America Report, the daily wink, what you need to know. So you can go in there and put your friend or your wife or your husband, you can put their email address in and they'll get signed up. They can unsubscribe anytime they want. Now, don't break any rules, don't break any laws, but you could do that. If you cared about someone and wanted them to be uh, educated, you could do that. There you have it. All right. That's what you need to know. We'll take a break. When we come back, we got some great guests today. Today, I'm sorry, I think I might have said we we're going to have Alan Bakari on yesterday. We'll have him on now. He's got a new book, Hashtag Deleted, uh, Big Tech's Battle to Erase the Trump Movement and Steal the Elections. We'll talk with him. And our old friend Ken LaCourt, who is uh, running the Media Action Network. We'll talk about the media and how broken it is. Take a quick break. Be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. You know, the guy to read on tech, uh, in my opinion, investigative uh, reporter, is a guy at Breitbart News named Alan Bakari. You've heard me talk about him before. He is, um, he's been uh, at Breitbart a few years. He's also uh, kind of one of the guys that he had this famous Google tape where he was uh, you know, in there and he got the Google t- uh, executives on, uh, on uh, tape talking about the, how they were... Um, how they were going to take care of business, their business. And so Alam's finally got a book. This is really good, very smart of him. It's called Hashtag Deleted, Big Tech's Battle to Erase the Trump Movement and Steal the Election. Perfect timing. Better uh, better to be uh, lucky than good, Alam. And uh, I will put up on, uh, the book is available from Center Street Publishers, and I'll put it up on social media links so you can buy it anywhere. Uh, welcome to the program, Alam. First of all, how are you? Hi, Adam. Doing great. Uh, great to be on. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, glad to do it. Now, Alan, first, the first part of the title of the book, and I've read about half of it. I got a copy, and I've read about maybe a little less than half. But the first part of the title is what I want to start with, um, the Trump movement. Because 
One of the things that I would maintain is right now we're in this incredible time where people are ready for sort of mass movements. They'll lurch different ways. They'll go Tea Party 10 years ago. They'll go Occupy Wall Street. They'll go Bernie Sanders. They'll go Trump. And we're in these movements. There's a Trump movement now, what do you call America First. It's not really only Republican, whatever it is. But big tech's got to worry about it because it doesn't tolerate the, the dominance the same way. What's the reality of the recognition of what the Trump movement could be, could mean to the tech companies? Well, I think they know it would be much bigger and much more popular um, if they didn't have their finger on the scale suppressing it. What mm-hmm. I also uh, think about is, you know, the next big conservative movement. Is it even possible for such a thing to emerge? Because the place where new movements emerge these days tends to be uh, online. The Black Lives Matter movement, for example, gained momentum because of Twitter. Hashtag Me Too gained momentum because of Twitter. Uh, even hashtag Gamergate. That was a movement uh, more on the uh, on the right that or yeah. the center right that uh, gained momentum because of the internet. So what new movements could have emerged in the past four years that didn't because uh, big tech has become experts at stopping uh, information from going viral that it uh, that goes against its narratives? So I'm digressing a bit, but I talked about this yesterday or I'm sidegressing or something, Alan, but I bet you saw it. TikTok, which is supposed to either shut down, be banned or purchased. They got all the way to the, the altar to be purchased. And they said, oh, we don't want to share our algorithms. You know, we don't want to actually give up the secret sauce at this point um, in this in big tech. We're dominated by them now, right? I mean, we're dominated by Google and by Facebook. It's dominant. It's not close to a fair fight. It's the, if you're on the Trump side of the thing, you're, 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 you're not going to have as much success. You may have modest amounts, but, but how bad is the domination? And I guess the question is, how do you know? How can you know? Because as you said, what wasn't here that we would have seen, but never was allowed to arise? Yeah, that's that's the real thing, because, you know, the overt censorship is in a sense like um, it's the thing that we see, the people who get banned, the people who have their posts deleted or get locked out of their accounts. We can see that. What we can't see is what they're covertly suppressing behind the scenes with their algorithms. The, uh, in the very near future, all of our posts are going to be scanned by these uh, Silicon Valley algorithms that are trained to detect so-called hate speech and so-called misinformation, and they'll determine whether our posts get seen by people, whether they get completely buried on these platforms. It's um, it's so. What is the and I, maybe this is this is um, the the uh, next part is I, I want to go to steal the election, but I want to ask you what's the solution? What's your sense of the? Well, let me say this: What are the possible solutions that are out there? You know, break up the big tech companies, antitrust, uh, regulate two thirty, and try to make them uh, able to be held for liability. What are the possibilities? And frankly, can you get them? Can, can you do any of those because they already control the levers of influence over the people that would have to do it? Uh, well, as we said, there are many many solutions here. And uh, to your previous question, you know, Google is by far the dominant global search engine. I think it's over 90% of searches around the world that it processes. So there's no real competitor there. Facebook as well. I think it's something like 60% of Americans get their news via Facebook now. So uh, if you're a news publisher, whether you're conservative or liberal, you have to be on Facebook. There's no alternative. So uh, certainly it's not a bad idea to have an account on alternative social platforms like Gab and Parler. But um, 
certainly before the next election and in the medium to long term, we're going to have to do something about the dominance of these platforms. And one solution, as you said, is antitrust. Um, it would certainly be good for uh, Apple and Google to be uh, regulated because they have a 99% share of the global smartphone market, which means if you if you're the developer of a mobile app and Apple and Google decide to ban you, you're essentially uh, excluded from the entire global smartphone market. That's exactly what happened to Gab for the uh, crime of being a First Amendment-friendly platform. Uh, so we could tackle that. But also um, for the social networks, I think what needs to happen is people need to be able to take these companies to court if their accounts are wrongfully terminated. Uh, it's crazy to me that, you know, a uh, regular commercial landlord who wants to evict a tenant will have to go through a very strict legal process for doing that, has to adhere to very strict rules about why and why um, about why it can uh, evict someone. But if you're uh, if you own a business that's dependent on Facebook uh, entirely or dependent on YouTube, those platforms can kick you off for any reason or no reason. Those are the words that uh, their lawyers have argued uh, um, have uh, used in court when they fought these cases. So we need a reform of the law there. And honestly, there is a very promising um, petition to the FCC that's a result of Trump's executive order on social media censorship that would redefine some of tech, big tech's legal privileges to make it harder for them to suspend people. But I think for that to go through, Trump needs to win the election because uh, it's uh, only just gotten started. Uh, we're talking with Alan Bakari, and the book is called Hashtag Deleted, Big Tech's Battle to Erase the Trump Movement and Steal the Election, available across uh, Center Street uh, Publishing, and, and I'll put it up on social media, get it anywhere they sell books. Uh, Alan, um, what about that second part of the title? I'm, I'm looking at this. I ran an election board in St. Louis years ago for a couple of years. Um, I worry about the uh, the election, the fraud and all, but I, I don't know how, uh, you know, I, I worry about mail-in ballots and how you run an election. How, how, how does big tech, how will big tech, um, how do you think they're going about influencing the election to steal it? Well, actually, one of the very new things they seem to be doing, and this is especially Twitter, uh, keeps on censoring the president's posts or uh, adding little uh, fact-check labels to them whenever the president comes out and warns about voter, uh, traditional voter fraud with mail-in ballots. So you see uh, big tech actually running cover for the, uh, for the uh, old traditional ways of stealing elections. Uh, but also the other way they're going to do it is by, uh, well, first of all, the erasing the Trump movement is one way to steal the election. If you erase someone's supporters from the internet, they won't be able to get their message out there. And we've seen thousands and thousands of you know, Trump supporters kicked off these platforms. That's one of the ways they're doing it. The other ways are the, uh, the covert manipulation, the, 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 um, the, the manipulation that you can't see, especially the manipulation of search results. And this is something that Google has been doing. Um, uh, research has shown that manipulation of search results in favor or against a political candidate can affect more than 10% of undecided voters. And uh, that's going to be really crucial because I understand Trump supporters and conservatives who say that, well, you know, big tech bias won't really change my vote because, you know, I've, I'm aware of the facts, I'm aware of the bias. But the real danger right. is an undecided voter who, you know, isn't sure, maybe doesn't follow politics very closely and wants to find out more information about the two candidates, they're going to get on the internet to find that information, and they're just going to be met with a stream of propaganda from Google, from Facebook, from all of these platforms. 
Yeah, it's um, the 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 it's going to be interesting. Uh, I, I hate to say, sixty days from now when we're watching this, and I, I hate to say it like it's going to be interesting, but the, the the bigger question to my mind is what we don't know, right, Alam? I mean, you know, what we don't, what we what we can't tell, you know, what happened. I mean, because there's things we can see and you can predict, and you're, you know, again, the book is hashtag deleted, uh, big tech's battle to erase the Trump movement and steal the election. Alam Bakari also go over to Breitbart.com. Alam's over there writing, uh, and I got to run unfortunately alan but come back again and let's let's talk about this issue as you see it develop we appreciate it very much and uh we will uh visit again soon thank you thank you Ed. great to be on all right we'll take a break and come back again the book i'll make sure to put it up it's hashtag deleted alan bakari worth a look and a big issue so um we'll take a break and be right back ed martin here on the pro america report back in a moment this is the pro america report on the answer san diego Welcome back. It's Ed Martin here in a Pro-America Report. So a month or two ago, we had a guest on the program, Ken LaCord, and he was talking about his Media Action Network. And I said, boy, I got to sign up. I signed up there. I'm looking at the website now, MediaActionNetwork.com. And the, the tagline says, tired of complaining about the liberal media? Sign up here. And so you get emails from him. It's it's not, maybe it is every day. I can't, maybe I'll say that and he'll, he'll correct me, but I think it's close to every day. But there was an email came in this morning, and it was question the fact checkers. So Ken LaCord, who runs this site and is the editor and publisher and all, has been in the media for decades now and has been at Fox at the, at, at the height of its thing, has been a, on the front lines of politics. He's seen all this stuff. And what was fascinating about this is a description, which I'll let him tell, of how the fact checkers started out as a good instinct, especially when you have online access. You could say, hey, let's check these facts and then became just what the fake news is. So welcome back, Ken. How are you? And, uh, and uh, thank you for coming on the program. Thank you, Ed. Good to be here. So walk us through this uh, this kind of little essay that came as an email, because I think it's, it's fantastic and, and really explains things people need to hear. So walk us through this, please. Sure. Well, I, I started it off with a, with a personal story. Um, uh, I lived in a, a very remote part of Los Angeles County, kind of inland from uh, Malibu, where they uh, right where they filmed MASH. And as it turned out, mm-hmm. one of my neighbors was the founder, with him and his wife, of, uh, of Snopes.com. Now, Snopes.com, you might remember, they've been around probably longer than any online fact checker, and it made them huge. And they really first started off as, as looking after urban legends. You know, did, did, did Mikey, uh, is Mikey still alive from the Life Serial commercial? <laughs> did, did Pop Rock right. really kill a kid because he put too many in his mouth and, and inhaled them? And uh, it got bigger and bigger. He was a very geeky, nerdy kind of kind of you know oddball guy who used to just love to sit and debunk urban legends. Well, as he got big, as fake news, both in the real sense and in the in the new sense, came came up something. They they turned more and more into political fact checking. And then, in my opinion, even though I like the guy, it kind of went off the rails. Um, um, you know, he like a lot of people are are liberal. And they just started taking it and looking at life through that point of view. And now, if you if you talk to somebody in the in the conservative media and you mention Snopes, they uh, they they either slap you or vomit in their mouth because they just can't stand them. <laughs> and and, right. and but what I saw was like, how did they do this? Because this guy wasn't intending to be a liar. He just, as a lot of media guys do, came through it through the prism of his own beliefs and experiences. And and the one thing that I saw over and over and over again was that they would find a relatively true fact, 
that maybe it was a fact that they didn't want to promote. They would then find somebody who exaggerated that fact a little bit, and and then they would debunk it. So, for instance, in the last campaign, right. Hillary Clinton gave a speech wearing like a, a $12,000 Armani jacket. Okay, well, yeah. the reality is she did, or at least it listed for that. So what they do is they go find somebody on, on Facebook who said she gave a, 12, uh, a speech in a $12,000 Armani jacket in, in, for a speech that was aimed at reducing poverty in America. Well, that, that was kind of, they, they went <laughs> overboard just a little bit on that. So then, and then they right. were like, well, and she might not have paid full retail price, blah, 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 blah. And then so it's like, that's debunked. It's not true. Well, this is one of the main things that they do all the time right now. So I'm looking at PolitiFact, which is probably the mm-hmm. biggest and most well-known uh, uh, fact-checking group out there. You know, it is, it, is, right. it is a project of Pointer Institute, which is, gets a lot of left-wing serious money in it. A little bit of right-wing, so they're able to say, hey, a Koch brother gave to us, but... There's a lot of, right. of lefty money in there that are, that are pushing this up. And they had a similar thing on this Kyle Rittenhouse uh, who defended himself and killed two people and shot three in Kenosha as the mob was literally chasing him down. And and in their, in, in this thing, they did a they, – oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm confusing. Let me talk about the other one first. They, they, they right. killed Kenosha, but the, the guy who the cops chased around and, and shot in the back. So, right. you know, it first came out that this guy was a hero, right? It, he was trying to break up a fight in front of his children, and cops just came, and he was black, so they shot him. Well, as all the facts came out, he was a, a multiple accused sex offender. He's got a long rap sheet. He was fighting with the cops. They tried to tase him twice. He, he had a knife in his hand. The guy who filmed the video said he heard the cops scream and dropped the knife, dropped the knife. He then went and opened up a car door, which wasn't his car, had kids in it, and that's when they shot him. So what right. does Pointer Institute and, and these guys do? They say they find something on Facebook that says, well, he said he had a gun and he brandished a knife. And they're like, no, that's completely false. And it's got the, the, you know, they've got the nice little red graphic meter showing it's false because, well, he didn't have a gun. Well, and, and we couldn't hear if he said to the cops that he was going to get a gun. Okay, so they just said that that's false. The other thing is they're like, well, brandish means swinging it around and, and doing things. Look, here's, a, here's a, a, an analysis of what that word means, so therefore this is false. And it's like the reason they do that is to perpetuate the, the narrative that they wanted to perpetuate. If, if you look at that headline and, and saw it, you'd be like, yeah, see, cops shot an innocent guy. I mean, you know, that's why they're rioting in, in Kenosha. <laughs> and 100%, it's, it's what the media does so well. There probably wasn't a factually wrong word in that article. But yet it led you right. to a 100% wrong conclusion. And that's the game that, that, that the media plays these days is by leaving out information, by twisting things around, is, is you can't get them on a libel lawsuit because they never said a bad fact, but they lead you to right. a 100% wrong conclusion. And that's what this was. And look, these, these, these large, well-funded, political-oriented fact-checking organizations, when you look at all of the facts that they check all the time, you couldn't just read their stuff and then be a Republican because they're always trashing. You know, they're always eighty percent of the yeah. time they're they're pushing it on one side, not the other. Well, and here's the Ken. Here's the here's the thing that I think is important. When I read your email, and again, if you go to we're talking Ken LaCord, you go to mediaactionnetwork.com's website. It's got a lot of analysis there, and and get signed up. And on Twitter, he's at at Ken LaCord. Um, and but you know, back in 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 2010, I ran for Congress, and and I was attacked. 
by Crew, an organization that's got some name in D.C. And, and I said, how can I? They called me one of the top 11 most corrupt candidates. I was a nobody. I was running. I was a nobody. I was but I was running against a Democrat incumbent who had some chops and they were it was a way just to smear you. And so it was a nonprofit organization that came up with this list of the most corrupt and, and everybody quotes it. And so my point is, all these years later, 10 years later, it's a very sophisticated machine where Absolutely. you you the, the fact check says, oh, that was a lie. Then the media runs with the fact check thing. And here's another twist on this, Ken, is that the big tech uses the same entities. And so they sort of all wash each other off. And to be honest, it reminds me of the Steele dossier and how that thing was made up. And then it remember it was leaked to Isakoff. Michael Isakoff of Yahoo News writes a piece. And then the intelligence community points to the Yahoo News piece and says, look, there's another piece. And they put it in the FISA thing. We have this sort of incestuous uh, environment. So here's my loaded question, Ken. You were at Fox News two decades. Was it always like this and we didn't know? You know, it was behind the, the, the curtain, Walter Cronkite, and they were still, you know, running their biases and we just had no idea? Or has it somehow gotten worse and we're in a just a, a, a period of sort of rampant corruption where they're not even trying to pretend that they care about the truth? You know, what, which is it really? Wow, that, that is a terrific question. And I don't have a uh, an immediate answer for it. Because I tell you, these days, I feel like like Mel Gibson in that movie where he was a crazy conspiracy theorist, and then it turns out he was right. <laughs> and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I do that all the time. <laughs> I, look, I think a lot of it was going on. I think that the days of, you know, pre-cable where there were three, literally three entities in the uh, on TV for the entire country that, that determined what everybody heard all the time, I think it's a little bit of both. I think that the game was rigged right. a little bit then, but that they had more of a of a of a dedication to intellectual honesty, which I find is is that part is disappearing now completely. Um, um, you know, I was talking about this, this you know, NPR. I was I was talking to a friend who says, "Look, I listened to NPR. I like it. Are they that bad? These stories sound okay." And you know, he's generally right. But I looked at an NPR story today talking about this call, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, the kid kid who was uh, yeah. defending himself and literally so that they could get Trump. They said, President Trump you know, said that he had said with no evidence that this kid uh, acted in self-defense. And I'm like, well, there's mounds of evidence. There, is, there are people talking. There's a, literally a videotape of almost every second of this, of what this kid was when he was being pursued by an angry mob. They took a shot, they, you know, all, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's now easier to kind of find out when it happens but, you know, we live in an era where, where you know, the, the New York Times has no problem with 100% deception for their, for their readers. Again, not, not, through, not through an outright bold lie, but they believe that, that getting rid of this president and moving their social and, and, and political agenda forward trumps truth. There's absolutely no other way to look at it. We're talking with Ken LaCourt. Ken, one, one last question, and, and I'll put up again uh, on, on uh, social media, Media Action Network. But uh, did you, and I may, I'm asking a question that I should probably know the answer before I ask, but have you seen the coverage of the, of, of the WGN is going to start a newscast, a new newscast? Did you happen to see that? It kind of came out today. If you didn't, I'll t- talk yeah. the next time. But have you, you know, seen I that? Head, I saw 
saw the headline, but I did not read the article. What's uh, what, what's the uh, well? It, ba- basically, WGN is sinking twenty million dollars into running news, a Chicago-based news, but national, and they're saying, you know, we're going to actually tell you the truth and try to, to think they're going to fill, fill the niche. And they got four, or whatever number of, of journalists. And I, you know, I, I wonder sometimes if if uh, the the as much as we see the problem of the bias in the in the media, if if these new alternatives are going to are going to ever work, uh, you know, when in some ways, I think people just don't expect to trust anybody anyway, at this point, they've sort of gotten past that. I don't know. I'm not sure I'm making sense. But I was interesting to yeah, see no, look, WGN spending I, I, real money. I mean, we always say that it's like, hey, all the media's gotten hardcore to their, you know, they've, they've all gone to the mattresses, right? I mean, Republicans, right? Uh, you know, you know yeah. where to go if you want your kind of news. And and look, when I when I first left Fox, I actually tried to find that niche and tried to be like, hey, yeah. we're going to tell both sides. We actually did that at Fox News for years <laughs> and years. Um, um, and and I got ignored into into bankruptcy basically, um, and then attacked right. by the New York Times for being a conservative crazy person. So, <laughs> so I had the work of both worlds. You know, it's like kind of, you know, you always hear for years and years, you know, why don't, they, why don't they report on good news? Well, if you clicked on good news a lot more often or if you clicked on that <laughs> common sense, right. fair and balanced story on the media, but you don't, you're clicking on the, you know, Donald Trump is an orange shirt <laughs> or you're clicking on, yeah. uh, you know, Joe Biden's lost his marbles. And, you know, so I, I, yeah. I hope that there is a... a, a a, a market for that. We've come back from this yeah. before. Ironically, it was the New York Times that led the charge in the, in the early 1900s when yellow journalism was all over the place. And the New York Times said, hey, we're taking a different tack and, and created right. a behemoth from that. I, I think, I think it's the dust still has to settle out a little bit more. We kind of have to get past this, this food fight that America's in before, before something like that gets popular. Yeah. All right. Ken LaCourt, uh, Media Action Network. Thanks for the time. I got to run and appreciate you very much. We'll talk again soon. Uh, thank you, Ken. Loved it. Thanks, Ed. Bye-bye. All right. We'll take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, the conservative pro-family broadcast of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a leading voice for the sanctity of life, traditional education, the Constitution, and American sovereignty. And now, from the archives of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, here is Phyllis Schlafly. If you want to know what's wrong with the fad called political correctness, just look at what happened at Fort Hood. Political correctness was what prevented the U.S. Army from firing, instead of promoting, the murderer Major Nidal Hassan. Weeks before his terrorist attack at Fort Hood that killed 13 people, a Defense Department review found that the doctors overseeing his medical training had repeatedly voiced concerns about Hassan's strident views on Islam and his inappropriate behavior. Yet they continued to give him positive performance evaluations that made him eligible for promotions. When Hassan gave a lecture that was supposed to have been on psychiatry, he instead launched into a diatribe on the Koran's punishments for those whom the Muslims believe are infidels and on Islam's doctrine of warfare. Students who attended his lecture reported that Hassan suggested that the Islamic law of Sharia should trump our U.S. Constitution, and he attempted to justify suicide bombings. He espouted hatred for America even while wearing his army uniform. 
Yet despite doubts about his loyalty to the United States, no one in the U.S. Army challenged Hassan's eligibility to hold a secret security clearance. Why? The obvious answer is that Army officers were intimidated by political correctness. If they had reported the truth about Hassan, they would have been accused of anti-Muslim bigotry. The mainstream media would have alleged a witch hunt against Muslims. It is a fact that Americans are afraid to speak up when Muslims behave suspiciously. You might be accused of Islamophobia. The result is that 13 people are dead, another 38 wounded, and the commanding general, George Casey, said that the loss of the Army's diversity would be worse than the murders themselves. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Political correctness is no longer simply about restricting speech. This tool for tyranny has led to employees being fired, pastors silenced, small businesses closed, and truth suppressed. Thankfully, the politically correct can't censor the work at phyllisschlafly.com. Join us, won't you, at phyllisschlafly.com. And thanks for listening to the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Great to be back, and thank you for uh, tuning in. Those great interviews you just heard, you, you should go over to, uh, just go on over to uh, ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com, and when you get over there, you will be able to... Um, You'll be able to see these standalone interviews as standalone links. You can click on them also on my social media account at Eagle Ed Martin at Eagle Ed Martin. Okay. Let me finish up. I just got a couple of minutes. I've been telling you a while we're going to talk about promises kept. Trump's promises kept. I'm going to talk tomorrow with Senator, Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee. And uh, she has a list of uh, promises kept by President Trump. It'd be interesting to hear from her. And uh, we will talk to her. She's got a new book out too. So we'll visit with her tomorrow. But here's one that I'm putting out. Uh, tomorrow. I think it's tomorrow. Um, no, it's next week. I'm going to put this one out. I'm working on every day. I'm putting out a different Trump's promise kept. I do it as an email. Again, if you go to proamericareport.com and sign up, you'll get these emails. Uh, but here's one that's coming out next week. Trump's promise. He said in the 2016 campaign, he kept saying, we will make NATO allies pay their fair share. He said, you know, I think he said, I think NATO's great, but it's got to be modernized and he got to catch up. They have to catch up on their payments. So and f- what has happened Trump has forced, mostly by being loud, and for four consecutive years, NATO's defense spending has increased, and seven members, up from uh, like two, have kept their commitment, and 16 more have said they will go further and get closer to it. Now, the point here is, why are we paying for the North Atlantic Treaty Organization to protect folks, supposedly against Russia, by the way? One of the jokes here is that uh, Russia and and G- Germany are about to do a big deal on a, on a pipeline, which will increase the power and influence of Russia. And meanwhile, we pay a lot of money to, to keep NATO so we can defend Germany against Russia. They're doing deals with Russia. Maybe everybody should get over the Russia thing and realize that's not quite the rivalry that we that uh, the the, um, the the coup the the Russia hoax coup uh, operators were trying to pull on America. But it's a great one. It's a great example of something that is not. Um, a, a public, uh, let's say it better, it's not a formal announcement, right? NATO is now paying. No, you have to look at what the browbeating of Trump and the shaming by Trump of these other leaders to do their part, to catch up on their spending, because we don't need to carry everybody else. We shouldn't have to carry everybody else. And it's more effective than people realize. It reminds me of 
North Korea. People will say, oh, what's the North Korea deal? What's going on there? And the reality of the North Korea deal is maybe we didn't get a full deal. Maybe there's not total peace. But you know what? There is also not. There is not somebody throwing bombs, shooting off rockets. Kim Jong-un's not shooting off rockets towards Japan and testing nuclear weapons. That stopped. Whatever we did to get them to stop, they clearly stopped the movement forward of their nuclear program and even their hostility to others. So some of the success of uh, this president has just been holding people uh, into in, in a um, uh, in a peaceful way, getting people to behave in a peaceful way. Same thing with Iran. We're certainly squeezing Iran, uh, but there's not no nobody thinks there's a war with Iran. We're not fighting a war. It's not going to happen. All right. That's all I've got for today. As promises kept. Uh, thank you, as always, to Noah, our great technical director. Lots of pieces going on behind the scenes today and this week. So thank you for that, Noah. And also, Joanna, for helping book our great guests. And again, thank you for listening to the program. Dont forget, visit ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com, and uh, sign up there for the Daily Wink. And again, tell your friends. And a reminder that tomorrow we will talk with Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee. Should be a good interview. We'll visit with her. All right, everybody, have a great night. We'll be back tomorrow night. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Talk to you then.